This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. This is another term that I know is inappropriate. Okay. Um, but you've heard people say bros before hoes. <sighs> no friend of mine. Uh, yeah, we're not endorsing using that phrase. Um, you may want to use chicks before. Whoa, slicks? <laughs> not quite. Oh. Um, the reverse is sisters before misters. I like that. So it means that you put your friends before your romantic partner, mm-hmm. right? And you you should uh, really care what your friends think more than uh, the person you're dating. Well, apparently, it's a thing of the past. New poll by Dating.com found most single people no longer need approval of friends or family to keep dating someone. Hmm? 71% claim their friends' opinions have little or no impact on who they choose to date. 57% would even be willing to end a friendship if the person didn't like their partner. So you're more likely to lose your bros than you are the lady you're dating. Sure. Here's the thing. Sometimes your friends are right, and actually often they are, Mm. because you can get infatuated with somebody, whether it's by their looks or just maybe you haven't been with somebody in a while, and you get in over your head and your head over heels, and you're not looking at really if it's a good picture if they're or if they're a good person or if they're it's a good fit or if they're a good person. Rose-colored glasses. Your friends can often see through the crap. Because they're not sleeping with the person uh-huh. and can tell, like, take you aside and tell you something you might need to hear. Yeah. But at the same time, if you are a friend, it's difficult to try and intervene because, because it, it can end a friendship. I, uh, I remember a, one of my good friends. You have met this person. I'm not going to say who it is. Uh-oh. <laughs> if, if he's got a terrible girlfriend, I know exactly who it is. <laughs> I'm kidding. Terrible no wife now. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a terrible wife. In, in the long run, everything worked out. But uh, he had broken up with this girl. And I I said, listen, man, you dodged a bullet there. She did not treat you well. It was Your life was going to be miserable if you stuck with her. Anyways, six months later, they were engaged. Oh, And guess who wasn't invited to the wedding? Whoa. The old Taz man. <laughs> But, but it's, I'm one bro that got left on the <laughs> side of the road. Dang, but they're still together. It's working out. Still together. Two wonderful kids. Now we're we're fine. We're all friends. But as a, as a friend, can't you just say, I was just trying to help you get over it, man. Like You gotta, you know, you gotta say something very rude. You're better than her, dude. But he kind of did the, uh, the reverse, because I think he went back and at some point obviously had told her what I said, oh. which meant that she didn't want me around to... Talk him out of it. Talk him out of it. <laughs> But we got through it. We got through okay. it. It's all good. Okay. A lot of times, uh, if you're in a relationship with somebody and your friends are saying you shouldn't be with that person, you think your friends and family are just jealous. 54% of people say they've been told to stop dating someone, but it was really based on jealousy. Maybe in high school. You know, it happens. It does happen. Sure. Especially if you are like feel like you're losing your best friend and he's hanging out with his girlfriend all the time. Or, you know, if you have a female friend and she's hanging with a boyfriend and she ignores you. Uh-huh. I could see that being a jealousy thing. But it does happen quite a bit where if somebody is touching your genitalia, you have a hard time discerning what exactly is good and bad for you. Oh, yeah. You. You'll, you'll forgive a lot. <laughs> you sure will. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
Pedal to the metal. Driving sure. like you're the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> yeah. Christia Freeland was ticketed for driving 132 kilometers per hour while traveling b- between Grand Prairie and Peace River, according to a spokesperson. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people were surprised because... Uh, She's she's told everyone she doesn't have a car, so uh, they were wondering whose car it was. It was a rental, Yeah. but she's famously said this in the past. I, right now, am an MP for downtown Toronto. Um, a fact that still shocks my dad is I don't actually own a car because I live in downtown Toronto. I'm like, I don't know, 300 meters from the nearest subway. I walk, I take the subway, I make my kids walk and ride their bikes and take the subway. It's actually healthier for our family. I can live that way. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Left out the part where when you're uh, working, you get free rental cars and you don't have to pay for gas, yeah. probably. Somebody is. It's us. <laughs> that's, the, that's the little caveat you should have thrown in there. I never have to pay for gas. In my personal life, I take the subway and I walk. And in my professional life, I'm either getting driven around uh, by a driver or I get a rental car with a gas budget. Yeah, because she was specifically asked about gas prices, how they're hurting lower income people, and specifically the carbon tax is ruining tourism in the Maritimes. This is what the reporter was setting up when they asked her that question. So what her answer has to do with the Maritimes at all, other than her making herself holier than thou? I don't even know what the point of her statement was there. The correct answer was, I can't relate because I never have to buy gas myself. And weirdly, so everybody's piling on her right now, and then all this... It's just a. If it wasn't for this comment, it's just a speeding ticket. Totally, right? and We've I drive. All gotten speeding I drive tickets. between one twenty-five and one thirty when I'm driving up to the cottage. You know, it's not an outrageous speed. Some stretches of this highway, hundred and ten kilometers per there hour. So she may have been going like twenty-three over. Yeah, but then all. So it's just now the pylons happening. So all the details about her budget when she files for uh, compensation for for the t- flight tickets and stuff she does. So her, her budget is public knowledge. So there's records of her flying to Montreal and Ottawa. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you're not saving money or the planet with those moves. And her limo Was slash- it one of those bicycle planes, though? <laughs> <laughs> like those biplanes and you get, like, the right Pedal brothers gym. go, go. I have to, we have to push you We're off a cliff first altitude. to get lift. <laughs> and then, I guess, allegedly, her chauffeur will then drive from Toronto in what they're calling a limo. I don't know if it's a stretch limo, but they're calling it a limo. It'll drive to Montreal yeah. or Ottawa to, to drive her around while she's there and then drives back passengerless all the way back to Toronto. Which is common practice but but don't be holier than now the problem is when you're saying that you take the subway and and uh ride your bike everywhere and then oh yeah and also i'm in vehicles all the time that use gasoline i just never have to pay for the gas and she's also implying that anybody can do it she's like that's how i choose to live and you can too well not in the maritimes when there's no subway system also, we don't... And not when you have free chauffeurs. Yeah, we don't have someone who's going to pick us up and drive us wherever we want to go. Must be nice. It must be. And again, it's it's all politicians enjoy that luxury, or mm-hmm. a lot of them do. Um, but then when you're driving a car, you get pulled over and everyone realizes, hold on a second. Yeah. And by the way, the faster you go, the more gas you burn, Taz. Was it an electric car, though? Do we know that? Was it an electric rental? 
It wouldn't have made it. <laughs> <laughs> Driving across that stretch? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many uh, charging stations there are between Grand Prairie and Peace River. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Another suggestion here uh, through 1833 Taz and Jim text message says, Hey guys, I did the same thing. Tied one end of the dental floss to my kid's tooth, tied the other end to a drone. When the drone took off, so did the tooth. Wow. That would be fun. That's cool. Is there anything drones can't do? <laughs> Apparently, they can pull out your kid's teeth and they can get contraband into prisons. Uh, two have been arrested after a drone loaded with uh, all sorts of fun stuff was intercepted near a prison in Kingston, Collins Bay. I used to live in Kingston. They call this one Disneyland. Collins Bay? Collins Bay Penitentiary. It's right <laughs> it's right near the water. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like uh it looks like the Disneyland Castle kind of. Like it's really? got Is there one big thing in the middle? Yeah, it's got like towers and peaks and It's kind of lovely. <laughs> it does look nice. It almost looks like it could be a parliament building or something, It looks better right? than 24 Sussex, dude. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> Disneyland, all sorts of attractions there, and lots of drones with with drugs flying over the prison and dropping stuff into the yard. According to the CBC, 99 uh, drone drops that they know of over the past year alone. Hmm. So in one year, 99 drones have dropped drugs into wow. the uh, the prison yard. And they sure it's not hobby aerial photographers? Because I'm looking at this building again. This is the best government building I've ever seen, <laughs> honestly. I, I, I don't mean to go back to it. But for, a, for a prison, it is beautiful. This thing is awesome. But, you know, the old, is that limestone? I'd assume it is if it's Kingston. And then you got the, wow. the nice red roof. It but is then it's also got the massive uh, brick or con- concrete uh, perimeter fence that is huge. Like, yeah. This is a giant lot. That's to keep them in. So are, <laughs> so are the bars on the windows, if sure. you look closely whoa pristine (laughs) large quantity of tobacco marijuana hash were seized in this recent drone bust but it seems to be happening all the time Uh, officials with the uh, union of canadian correctional officers described the situation as an emergency a serious threat to health and safety of correctional officers I guess it would be. Like, imagine a weapon gets dropped by one of these drones into the mm-hmm. into the yard. Yeah. Knives, guns, whatever. Who knows what's in those packages? Yeah. I wonder how you stop that. I wonder if they have, like, anti-drone defense. that could Because they have those things. They were talking about it when Amazon was thinking about delivering things with drones, that there are net catapults, essentially, that you can shoot at these drones. But there is there are things invented that could take down drones. So I wonder if they would have... A system of those set up, yeah. perhaps, but at night it might be lasers harder. would be pretty. Lasers cool. would be sick. I like the net idea as well, like a Spider-Man situation. Yeah, yeah, or even like a frequency jammer because the remote has to speak to the drone somehow. So I wonder if there's a way you could send it a signal that would prevent that. I don't know. That's true. Or a big net over the entire thing. Shotgun bang! What's up with that thing? <laughs> the old tried and true. Sure, skeet shooting. That would be satisfying if you're a guard and you shot one of these down. Huh. Technology, though, eh? Apparently, they are spending millions of dollars now on installing radar at six different uh, uh, 
correctional facilities, including the beautiful Collins Bay, where if you are getting sent to prison, Jim Kelly says, ask the judge if he can send you to Collins Bay. Honestly, I hope they're on Airbnb. (laughs) This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. They're calling it a reboot, but Jim, you made a good point. It's more like a sequel. Frasier is coming back to television. Y'all know how this goes. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. <laughs> and maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. You remember that? Frasier has re-entered. The building. Re-entered. Re-entered. You remember that uh, theme song? Of course. And it sounds like he's got some unfinished business. What's he going to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs? Time to come back. That almost does sound like uh, something you'd find on Urban Dictionary. Well, half of it already is up there. <laughs> you're going to get the old tossed salad and scrambled eggs going. And by the way, scrambled eggs, I guarantee, is up there, too. <laughs> What is Frazier doing after dark <laughs> with his tossed salad and scrambled eggs? Uh, notably, though, and we did get uh, a text message at one eight three three Taz and Jim from one of our listeners who's pretty upset that Niles David High Pierce uh, is not going to be returning to the show as Frazier's brother. Mm-hmm. Those two were perfect together. Yeah, they really did seem like they were brothers. Yeah. They like both, they looked close enough alike, like especially because the one guy's a little bigger and the one guy's a little smaller, which is a lot of dynamics you see with brothers. Yeah, like your brother Craig. Yeah, he's way better shaped than I am. He's like the better looking, yeah, more yeah, responsible, yeah. more muscular uh, version of you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you are the Niles. Nah, nah, <laughs> but I'm on the radio. I'm Frazier. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you got a point there. And I got nice socks. No, I don't. The two of them, just the way they spoke with those... Were they British or were they just pompous? <laughs> it's hard to tell if yeah, somebody yeah. somebody's just uh, just smug or if they're British. Sometimes I think, when I, was, I think when I was younger, I did think they were British, but I think it's just like a pretentious elite way of talking where they pronounce everything very particularly. Enunciate, yeah, yeah, know what all the words mean. Mm-hmm. Um, they go, they talk like Stewie Griffin, basically. A little you bit, know what yeah. I mean? He's not, is he British? A little bit. I think kinda. Hmm. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. His parents aren't. Yeah. No, I think everything he's just else classy. makes sense though. A talking dog, I, I've never questioned. Um, but those two great siblings, yes. whoever did the casting on Frasier, nailed it. We're asking you on the Taz and Jim Facebook page, is there a better sibling casting in Hollywood hmm. than Niles and Frasier Crane? Let us know what you think. The comment section is open. The Taz and Jim Podcast. I want to give uh, kudos to all the golf course workers out there, Jim. Why is that? I've been playing quite a bit of golf this summer. I feel like right now most courses in the area are in peak condition. Like this is the sweet spot. Yeah, now that the weather's cooled down slightly, yeah, we, it's, the grass stays a little wetter a little longer. We got lots of rain yeah. in July. Uh, courses seem to be in good condition. Uh, also, those guys are putting their lives at risk every time they step on the course. Are they? Case in point, a 50-year-old golf course worker in Arizona has been hospitalized after he was stung by nearly 2 
thousand bees. Holy! How big was this hive? <laughs> Apparently, pretty big. Here are a couple of eyewitnesses, guys that were golfing on the course. Yeah. When he got attacked by the bees, they saw it happen. We were moving down the fairway. We saw a worker working. He stopped and he started swinging his arms. Didn't pay a lot of attention to it at first. As we went down closer, I started to pick up my ball. All of a sudden the bees started attacking me. So I, I got my golf cart and started heading back. By the time he turned around, he was completely covered oh. with bees. He probably had a foot of bees on him. A foot a of foot? bees covered in bees, a foot. <laughs> Out like, from your body. There's like a bad guy in the Spider-Man comics who's always covered in bees. <laughs> and that's like what he does. That is unbelievable that could happen in real life. I think the guy's exaggerating, number one. But still. It's full, a lot of, it was is, a lot of bees is what they're trying to if say. If your body is fully covered in bees one way or the other, that is bonkers. I've never even seen video of that before. <laughs> the golfers probably initially were like, oh, come on, man. I'm trying to putt here. You yeah, know? and the guy's going, ah, <laughs> oh, in my back this guy, who's this jerk over here? And so much for no man left behind. He's in his golf cart. We yeah. saw a couple bees fly over towards us, so we got in our golf cart and we headed back to the clubhouse. Man. Just left the man covered in 2,000 bees to his own demise. <laughs> oh, boy. What would you do other than search desperately for a water hazard? Water trap yeah. all the way. I mean, what the other option do you have? The only time a golfer would be asking for a water trap was in that <laughs> specific moment. He was completely covered. Bees. He probably had a foot of bees on him. The Taz and Jim Podcast. So I'm just trying to figure this out here, Jim. Um, looking at the CBC website, and the mm-hmm. top story on London's CBC page is about your wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering how they landed the exclusive. <laughs> They didn't get the exclusive, but they, we had the exclusive two months ago. Yeah, I Straight guess so. from the source. So the headline here is, her dream of walking down the aisle was nearly shattered. Then she came out of her coma. You may have heard us talking about this before Jim's wedding. You may have noticed Jim was off for a while before he got married. That wasn't so he could finalize, you know, what napkins they were going to have on the tables mm-hmm. at the reception, stuff like that. It was because your fiance then, your now wife, Sarah, was in a coma at the hospital. Yeah. It was an induced coma, but in, uh, this was like two weeks out from my wedding, less and she had a, a, a procedure done on her esophagus. And when she got home, something happened where like a flap of skin started covering this, like it came off the side of the esophagus and started covering her airways. Her airway, so she couldn't breathe. And uh, we had to rush her to the emergency and she stopped breathing at some point. So they had to intubate her, put her in an induced coma until they could heal the, the flap of skin so she could breathe normally again. And... We didn't get out of the hospital. She didn't come out of her coma until like four days before the wedding. Pretty and wild. We weren't sure if we had to cancel it or what we were doing, but we, we did. We pulled it off, and it was a great day. So I'm scrolling down here, the CBC article about, uh, about Sarah. Here's a picture of the two of you. You kissing Sarah on the cheek. She looks absolutely stunning in her wedding dress here. Sarah Kempinska was less than two weeks away from her wedding day when she was put into a medically induced coma following complications from a routine surgery. Uh, Scroll down. Oh, my goodness. I knew it was serious, and you and I were obviously in contact the whole time Mm -hmm. Sarah was in the hospital, but 
it, it's it's different, man. It hits you different seeing this picture of her. This is when she was induced, I guess. Hey, eh? just out cold. Yeah, lying in that hospital bed with the breathing tube down her throat. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to to see. And she was like that for six or seven days. Must have been tough for you to be. Uh, be sitting there next to her, and you were because this is this is your shout out from the CBC. It was so terrifying, says the little sub headline. It's a situation that would make any bride anxious. Kempinska said she was terrified, but she didn't have to face her fears alone. The groom, Jim Kelly, stuck with her in sickness and in health. <laughs> Quote, he didn't leave my side for even a moment, she said. Of course, when you're marrying someone, you say you'll be there for them no matter what, but you don't expect that stuff to come on so suddenly. Mm-hmm. It did, yeah, it was crazy. I, I wasn't there. I did leave her side for me. I went home and napped a couple times. She I was be in honest. a coma. She doesn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I was there. Yeah, yeah. But for at least like 18 hours a day, I was at the hospital at least. <laughs> Does it also say... Uh, Local radio host? No. He's as dedicated to his marriage as he is to his radio show. Taz and Jim, a local radio Taz show. Taz and Jim on Nothing? the radio. Nothing? doesn't say anything about our radio show. Sarah? It does say, uh, Jim's friend Taz had a small vigil at a local sports bar with some friends as she... <laughs> He said, we won't stop drinking until Sarah gets out of her coma. We're going to keep watching these baseball games until Sarah wakes up. (laughs) Unity. (laughs) Um, But good for her. So she's sharing her story with the positive ending uh, to help out the hospital. Her her sister is a doctor, correct? Yeah. And and they've teamed up to kind of spread the word about the good things that happen at the London Health Sciences Center in London, Ontario. Yeah, her sister's a physician at the uh, Children's Hospital, so each, I think every two months, they have a newsletter where they share like the the uh, uplifting stories from yeah. the, the previous two months, so this was in the newsletter, and then a press release was sent out, so that's why she's doing the, the media stuff here. cbc.ca, look on the uh, the London page here, you can see this article, and then there's a video of Sarah going through rehab, like showing... The, the condition she was in four days out from the wedding, trying to learn how to talk and walk again. Yeah, mostly the walking. Like when she was on that little walker thing, her toes were pointed inwards. That's how like her numb she her was legs so weak. were. Yeah. From lying in bed for for that amount of time. And, and I was kind of hoping she would come down the aisle in a rascal scooter. I thought that'd be fun. <laughs> but thank goodness she was able to walk and strutted her stuff down there with, with her dad. With the open bar... If there was a rascal scooter lying around with some of your friends and, and family members there and an open bar, there would have been problems later in the evening. Oh, yeah. I'm glad there wasn't a rascal scooter there. Truly. Catwalks. <laughs> it would have ended up DUI. in some body of water. <laughs> but then it goes from, this is a nice video that they've posted here at the CBC. It's uh, Sarah going through her rehab and then it cuts to her dad walking her down the aisle miraculously days later on your wedding day. Where'd that video come from? I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's right here. And I think if you look closely in the background, you can see my wife and I standing at the very back of the venue because we were late for your wedding. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. That was the most upsetting thing about that whole two-week process. (laughs) Sarah was in a coma and Taz can't even show up on time? Can't even be on time for the wedding. Sorry. Uh, Kudos to Sarah. 
your your wonderful wife for sharing her story and man she is definitely a strong woman Mm -hmm. she got through it with the help of jim kelly who was by her bed most of the time (laughs) while she was in that coma time for sports devin peacock is here and dev you think it is time that Major League Baseball gives up the theatrics when people are kicked out of baseball games. Yes. Um, it, it's one of these weird traditions that we just accept in baseball that happens in no other sport. In no other sport do you see players, coaches, and like the officials, the referees, yelling at each other like, like hyenas. Like just Since going- Bobby Knight. In the NCAA, <laughs> occasionally one coach will be a snap show. He, yeah, he, like, he's like he's an anomaly in yeah. baseball. Everyone does it. Like Aaron Boone leads the American League this year in manager ejections. He's been kicked out six times. Last year, he was kicked out of nine games. Arguing. This just happened uh, last night in uh, St. Louis. Uh, one of their Wilson Contreras, their catcher, their manager were both kicked out. Contreras didn't like a strike call, so he drew a line in the sand and was pointing to it and was stopping around. Uh, Aaron Boone earlier this month did something similar, and then he, he didn't like a strike call against uh, one of his uh, players, and it was a strike on replay, like so he's dead wrong. He went behind the plate, and he's like mimicking the umpire going, and just like, just just completely like play acting, and it's, he embarrassed himself. It is odd for a league that is trying to speed up the game. They have the pitch clock. Yes. Maybe they need a spaz clock for the managers. You get twenty five seconds to lose your mind. Otherwise, it's a strike or a ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you get punished. I I enjoy uh, I do too. that aspect of baseball. I think it's funny. You know, just the regular baseball games happening, and all of a sudden it turns into the WWE. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: like, <laughs> where a guy starts putting the dirt back over home plate, or he rips a yeah. Yeah. Like, are you t- like so? Sheldon Keefe, like, if Sheldon Keefe was kicked out as many games as like Aaron Boone has, you telling me that that wouldn't be a story in like Leaf Nation? You, mm-hmm. you have, and you never see a head coach in the NFL get kicked out. Almost never, ever does it happen in the NHL. Two sports that are much more aggressive, physical, where you could see like emotions pouring over. They never get kicked out of games. And in, in Major League Baseball, where you stand around all the time, well, that's you it. Got guys uh, freaking yeah, out. I think you just hit it on the head with that one. You need something to make it interesting, right? Sure. Well, you, you got all that chewing out. tobacco riling you up. But here's the thing. So what are the... You got to have a Nick fit eventually. Yeah. <laughs> there, there have been managers in the past who haven't liked uh, calls when like a guy's been caught out on base. There was, there's one classic one where the guy, the manager goes, he pulls the base out, he throws yeah. it around. Fun. But let me, let, how about this? If Taz starts, yes. you know, pulling things out, throwing headphones or anything, we're not thinking, oh, this man's an insane person. Like I would, but does it put butts in seats? <laughs> <laughs> but then you don't, like, how do the players respect the manager? Are ratings through the roof? I'll start <laughs> throwing crap around every morning. How do the players respect the manager if, yeah. if he's freaking out, can't control his emotions, when he's telling the players to control their emotions? But do they like it? It does seem to be an aspect of the game to a certain extent where your manager has to, since a lot of the calls in baseball seem to be subjective and there's not a lot of instant replay or anything like that uh, the manager is part of this one of the tools in the tool belt you send the manager to try yeah. to get under the ump skin or try to sway his calls and the or, team after the manager freaks out on their behalf the the team rallies behind them they get fired up they love it but again to me it's tactically stupid to lose the guy that's calling all the plays because now they're in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Quit waving your arms around like that, Dev. <laughs> what do you think? I'm all worked up! You think this is a Major League Baseball game? <laughs> Calm down. Ka-ka! The Taz and Jim Podcast.
Phones are ringing here, talking about uh, my son losing his his upper front tooth this week. Pulled it out with a piece of dental floss, the old tested and and proven method. Mm-hmm. We're looking for something a little more fun next time he has a loose tooth. And I think we have some suggestions here. Hello. Hey there. So I was calling to tell you one of the ways I got one of my son's tooth out. Yeah. I tied the string to it, and then he had a uh, bow and arrow with the suction cups on it. <laughs> and, then I let him, and then I let him shoot it out, and it stuck to the window in the house. <laughs> with the tooth dangling off the string <laughs> off it? That's awesome. That is amazing. It's really easy to find. because it's How long did you string. have to wait? Like, how, how loose did the tooth have to be for that to work? Well, I probably should have waited a little bit longer because it bled quite a bit. Yeah, it was it was his first one, so I've learned since to wait a little bit longer. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But I could wiggle it around fairly good. I thought I could pull it out, but I just his mouth was so small, my fingers were so big, I couldn't grip the tooth. So that's why <laughs> I, I know came exactly up with the what you're idea. talking about. I think I I tried to pull the wrong tooth out like four times this week. (laughs) Pliers were a bad choice. (laughs) Well, they're so tight together and they're so small and I have adult hands. (laughs) Somebody else is saying that Nerf gun, same concept, uh, they did the Nerf gun with their kid's tooth, which works just as well, I'm assuming. Bow and arrow or Nerf gun are on the list now for sure. (laughs) All right, right on, boys. It is funny. It's a satisfying thing. It's like, Popping a pimple, you know. Oh yeah. When you there's so much so much anticipation when that tooth finally comes out, everyone's so excited. Even if there's blood squirting out of your kid's mouth, they're smiling. Sure, hey, it looks yeah, like they just the got times. a hockey fight, you know. <laughs> well, it feels good when it comes out when you're a kid and you pull one out. Like it feels good. I don't know what it is, but it's like you're moving on to something that something else. Yeah, and then the tooth fairy came. Oh, yeah? How's inflation hitting the tooth fairy these days? I think the first tooth that was lost was $5. That was the first tooth. Uh, After that, it's been $2 since. Sure. So it's a toonie every time you lose a tooth. We we don't want to have the tooth fairy bringing too much money. Then kids are going to be knocking their teeth out before they're ready. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to fill up the piggy bag. Sure, yeah, just trying every Nerf gun in the house. I heard a friend of mine said the Tooth Fairy brought their kids $100 per tooth. What? Who is this? Elon Musk's nine uh, children? Like a, that's like a $3,000 mouth. Yeah, that's like braces, dude. What yeah. that is insane? Not in our house. Hmm. Tooth Fairy, thanks for showing up, Tooth Fairy. You did a great job. The yeah, other huh, must be nice. What is it? You fly to the nicer neighborhoods and you bring a backpack full of cash? Well, I don't know. Maybe if uh, the kids that listen to their parents more often get more money. Huh. I think that's how it works. If the kids behave and they don't whine and complain and they do what mommy and daddy tell them, I think they get more money from the tooth fairy. Interesting. That's my theory. If you're a kid, you might want to give that a try and see if it works. Let us know. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. It's apparently a good day to book flights today, Jim. Hmm. Uh, you may be a little apprehensive after the story we discussed on the air yesterday about how all the planes are almost crashing into each other every day mm-hmm. in the sky. But, but if there's discount flights... But if you can get a deal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the story was planes are almost crashing into each other. Yeah. They don't crash into each other. 
It's been uh, it's a record. Fourteen years since a major airline crash in North America. Pretty good. Which is good, unless you think maybe it means we're due for one. Depends on the price. Let's see. I'm going to reserve my judgment to see how cheap they are. So today is cheap flight day. According to some people, it's the best day to buy. Other people disagree. They just say it's hype. It's been a thing since uh, 2015. Website called Cheap O Air. <laughs> Doesn't sound reassuring. <laughs> Who'd you book our flights with? Cheap O Air? <laughs> and they lost your luggage? No way. They say that according to their data, holiday plane tickets tend to hit rock bottom today. Prices usually start dropping in June. They keep going down through most most of August. Now's a good time to buy. Uh, experts say there isn't really one best day. Uh, this is based on the overall average, and it really depends on where you're flying. But I guess it would be worth a shot. Hmm. If you are planning on going away for the, the holiday season coming up, then check Why it out. Not? Yeah, yeah. See where they're at. It's like the Black Friday for, for flights. Yeah. Hmm. And maybe that story coming out yesterday but the planes near missing each other made the prices go down even <laughs> <Yeah>. more. <laughs> Let's release some more stories.